<laughs> Hello guys and welcome to the MSC Performance Podcast with me, Mark Orson. Today I'm joined by the saviour, Luke Rogers. El saviour. It's been a while. How are we doing? Numbers are down. I'm coming in to, to bring it back up. I'm good, man. I'm good. It's been a while, so I'm excited now to get stuck into a podcast now that the gyms are actually open because I think the last time was pretty much just as we were about to open. So looking forward to getting into one now, very much training related that people can take some good points away and... Uh, yeah, looking forward to getting stuck into one. Absolutely. Uh, without further ado, we'll crack on. So today we're going to be talking about exercise selection and load management. Uh, do you want to just expand on that for the viewers and uh, listeners, Lee? Sure. Uh, last week's Q&A, um, we had a couple of people asking questions about like how we choose exercises for people on an individual basis, because that's one thing that we, we pride ourselves on for like the Barber Club and obviously for personal coaching as well. Um, and I think some people don't quite understand how we select exercises or maybe don't fully understand the, the individuality process. They might think it's going to like look completely different than it actually is because a lot of times people think individual program and it's a thousand random exercises that are completely different to the next person's which is is not what the individuality process is uh, so i want to get stuck into that today kind of talk about how we individualize on a micro cycle so on a, on a week basis on a meso cycle uh, block to block and then also the picture overall and kind of like the natural progressions that we see through the blocks um like i said the individuality part so what kind of characteristics we take into account when we're individualizing a program for people and yeah just just everything that's to do with with programming and also uh, managing training loads so fantastic so yeah when we're working for a training cycle we'll look at a 16-week macro uh with the barbell club uh, obviously that is individual um you know if we're working with private clients who are competing in events and stuff that'll be that'll be different but we've got that overall macro uh the meso we're working four week blocks and then the micro we're talking sort of week to week and you know in regards to today's podcast we'll talk you know refer to day to day as well so um yeah where do we start um in regards to exercise selection and how uh the average strength and conditioning session will look uh we're looking at basically following a pattern of a squat a hinge a push, a pull, and a carry, or a core exercise. So that's the kind of basic rule of thumb, but there is some individuality um, within that. So, Yeah, sure. So when we have uh, when we start with someone for the Barber Club, like Mark said, where they're looking for a good all-round strength and conditioning program, uh, we will have um, set places on the program. So everyone's doing the same program, um, but then the individuality comes in in the, the little details that we apply to that. So on a Monday, for example, everyone is squatting, everyone's doing some pushing, everyone's doing a pull. Um, the squat is what is individualized. And we individualize this based on several different characteristics. And so we're looking at people's uh, ability to actually perform exercises, which is a, a combination of motor control and mobility. Some people just physically can't get into a good um, back squat position. Some people can't get into a good deadlift position. Other people just have, have that ability or they've trained for a while and have the, the multi control and have the, the movement qualities necessary to get into these good positions. So that's the first thing that we take into account is people's actual abilities to perform the lifts. The next thing we kind of look at is, is like their tolerance to, to training stress, which comes and links massively into to training age as well. So for people that haven't trained much, their, their tolerance is going to be quite low to, to training volume. So it's something that we can progressively build up. Um, and with the exercise selections, we can choose things that are either more stressful or less stressful based off kind of how they're reporting their, their individualized stress levels. So we often use a, a feedback form as well as talking to people on a daily um, and, many, and looking at the training, which is the most important 
important thing and their performance in the training is the most important thing that we we, we keep an eye on but also just like how sore they're feeling session to session how sore they're feeling on, uh, at the end of the week um how well they're enjoying the sessions and yeah just overall how they're reporting that the training stress is and then we can change the exercises based off there so for some people they might say that the training stress is incredibly high um, and if that's the case and they're incredibly sore we can scale it back and choose exercises that are slightly less stressful and that would typically be exercises that use less weight for example um, a good morning compared to a stiff leg deadlift is a very similar hinge pattern but a good morning because of the weight that's lifted is going to be less stressful all things taken in, into account and all things average um, so we try and take that into account and if training stress needs to be ramped up we can change from a, a good morning for to a stiff leg deadlift or vice versa if they're reporting that the stress and the training soreness etc is, is too high so that's some of the individuality that we take into account and then the last one is anthropometrics which massively links into like their ability to get into positions but then also take into account that people that are taller um, aren't going to lift as many repetitions compared to shorter people on average just because of distance travelled. And also the amount of work they're going to do compared to someone that's shorter um, is going to be so much more as well. When you're taking into account the distance travelled, um, Mark is going to work harder on a squat than me. He's going to achieve more work if we both did 100 for a set of five. The amount of work Mark's doing compared to myself because I'm five foot one and Mark's seven foot three, uh, <laughs> the difference is going to be massive. So we take that into account as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think like this is the this is strength conditioning and coaching in a nutshell, isn't it? Is that individuality, uh, the the tracking, the feedback aspect as well. So we'll always start off with a um, bit of an induction session uh, where we get people to do like very basic movement plans. We'll look at the squat, look at the hinge. You know, can they get into a good hinge position? You know, if they if they can't, then probably loading up a Romanian deadlift is not going to be the best option for them. Um, you know, so it's you know finding out all those kind of things that we talked about, motor control, mobility, anthropometrics, um, you know, training age tolerance, et cetera. And then we can build from there. But then it's also, as Luke just said, like, you know, very important to get the feedback ongoing as yeah. we as, as we go along there. And it might take a little bit of tweaking, but Absolutely. it's working towards that, that right training program. What I typically would like to see when you do looking at the individuality process is, is not changing things too frequently if you can avoid it. Still being open to being proactive and changing things as and when you need to. But giving things to kind of have a chance to... To, to play yeah. exactly give things four yeah. weeks and if, at the end of a four-week block if you're saying that training stress is super low and i'm not sore then we can turn the training stress up um, at the end of a block one thing i'm against is just trying to make too many changes at sure. once you, you, you start to lose out if you know like what is working what isn't so yeah. we try and give things a chance to go but obviously as well being proactive and reacting to things that, that pop up kind of in the feedback as well yeah. every movement that you do in the gym is a skill um, and if you're jumping and hopping between movements too often yeah. then it doesn't give you a chance to actually develop the skill yeah. um, four week blocks works quite nicely yeah. it's a good amount of time for most people where we can sort of really figure out if you know if that's the right movement for them it gives them the chance to to, to look to learn the technique and get better i've had a client start recently the first you know week or two was a real struggle to get into a hip hinge pattern and, and do a you know particular movement and then we stuck at it a couple more weeks and then it clicked and then all of a sudden we've not just you know written that movement off forever we've actually learned it it just took a little bit longer sure. than sometimes it would otherwise and then we've got that movement in the locker now forever and we can build yeah. we can build on that so with that client like you just said if you now that you can do an rdl which is fantastic at the end of a four-week block if you say oh man he's moving fantastically well he's increased his uh, strength x amount you know that it's because of the rdl but if you change from an rdl to a good morning to a stiff leg deadlift to a hyper 
you've no idea what's kind of giving you the result that you're after. So I think with the individual process as well, trying to find what works, not adjusting things for the sake of them and allowing them to, to kind of progress through a block is a good way to find out what works. And if after four weeks you see no progression or he's not you know, feeling any stronger, then maybe that's a movement that doesn't work for that individual. And like you said, you can write it off or you can say that's now in the toolbox for another day. So it's good to kind of let things play it and see if they're working for your overarching goal, which would typically be for most people to get stronger. Yeah, to not panic, to not overreact, yeah. uh, to give a little bit of time and uh, let's, let's see if we can actually learn, learn the skill. Let's not jump from exercise to exercise all of the time. And as you say, four, you know, four weeks is enough time to generally learn the skill, you know, build a bit of load and you know, yeah. create a stress and stimulus basically, which is obviously what we're looking looking to do. So I think with the individuality, again, it's just really important to, to say that it's not about having a completely different program to the next person, which is I think a lot of people would say, oh, I've got an individual program. Um, would expect so like the, my opponents can be completely different to everyone else's the individuality comes down to those little minutiae details like managing your training stress adjusting the repetitions and sets compared to someone else taking into account like we said taller people on average lift less than shorter people um taking into account your training age taking into account your load tolerance these are the small things that change and are part of the individual process uh, versus like a complete overhaul and a completely different program so a black and white program compared to someone else's yeah uh, I think that's really important to know because I think people expect a mad random program that they think's personalised to them, and it's it would be for the sake of it if that was the case. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think lifestyle is important as well, isn't it? In terms of you know what what that person's doing in the day to day, what the job entails, what the stress levels are like, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Definitely. When you're looking at like yeah sessions and trying to get a good understanding of what people's weeks are like and if it's consistent on a week by week basis or if like they have shift patterns or if they're trying they go through like if they even if they're students and then having periods of time where they've got exams and things are more stressful and the effect that that can have on training and adjusting things from there is also a really important thing. Yeah, just a little tweak in an exercise, like you say, can just reduce the stress a little bit. So let's say if we you know if we're going through a, a stressful period or you know it's, it's getting harder to come in come to the gym and we're under more stress, more fatigue, like you say, we can still keep a hip hinge pattern, but you might switch from a Romanian deadlift yeah. to a good morning. Yeah. Um, uh, at a at, at a higher end level, you might you know take take the belt off for example to reduce the load or whatever it you know whatever it might be um so it's just playing around with these you know little little tweaks as we uh, as we go along really but i said you know as I said before like the, the key is that you know that interaction that feedback the communication aspect of it is uh, is just so important really the individuality thing is definitely a two-way street and the, the feedback sure. that you give is so important at any level um you know the other week I, I had to report back to my coach and say that i found the training stress just a little bit too much and it was almost dreading doing the last set of like deadlifting yeah. um and then but without that feedback the coach doesn't know um and you can try and put a front on it and pretend that you know everything's absolutely fine but if you're finding things too hard the, the individuality is a two-way street and you need to give that feedback back uh, and vice versa, if you find the training incredibly easy and say, look, I want to push on a little bit more, um, let your coach know so that they can increase that training stress for you. And, and, and like you just said, not, not going from a massive change, just like a small change over time, uh, maybe increasing training stress by like 10% or a sure. set rather than doubling the amount of sets, just being smart with the progressive plan. Um, yeah. So I had a client start recently for uh, some one-on-one work and um, he came in for the first session and was like, oh, so what's the, what's the training program? You know, what have we got? Oh, have we got a diet plan? You know, do, do you give out a diet plan? Yeah. And like, obviously the, you know, the point the purpose of this podcast isn't, uh, isn't a nutrition-based one, but I'll use an example where like, it was expecting just a, a template, yeah. you know, diet plan to go, right, here you go. And it's like, well, 
okay, what you know, what, what do we do with that? If I write, you know, if I've got something prepared like that, and it's you know, two thousand calories a day and one hundred and twenty grams of protein, you know, a, a day, and I just give that to him, it's like, well, actually, I don't know anything about this guy. We've got to get to know him. I've got to know what it, what he's eating at the moment. If I, you know, give him that, and he's currently eating three thousand eight hundred calories a day, and I'm giving him a, a plan for two thousand calories, it's like I'm almost cutting in half what he's eating, and that just isn't going to be sustainable in the slightest so you know we might lose some pounds in the first week and then it's like i can't go on like this i can't move i can't function um so i'm gonna start you know eating crap and like get my calories back up and it just doesn't work so it's like well it's that feedback and that constant interaction uh aspect where it's like right okay well you know i want you to you know I want, I want you to track for 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 a week at least. I mean, that's the that's the bare minimum. But track for a week everything you you know everything you're eating, your calorie intake, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And it's like, right, okay, you're having three thousand eight hundred calories, no problem, great. Okay, the guy wants to lose some weight. Okay, let's knock off fifteen percent off of that off of that total, and we're gonna you know we're gonna have three and a half thousand calories. I'm gonna see how that goes, and then we're gonna you know how how's your training stress going? Is it you know are the sessions too much? Are they too little? Can we push a bit more if we can? Maybe you know we can alter the calories accordingly as well. And it's the same with the training program. Is like okay, like if I've written that up before, it's you know and I've got belt squat in there. It's not like belt squat's gonna be the miracle exercise that's gonna help this guy lose weight. But once I've seen him move and then I see you know he's really struggling to get into a back squat position or you know he's um, you know he's just well well you know anthropometrically is well suited to a belt squat for example then that might be the right exercise we're going to have a look at him first yeah. so we're going to test some squat patterns we're going to test some hinge some push some pull we're going to do some sort of core or carry test um, and then we can go from there we can build and like sometimes it takes a session and even you know with this guy it was it was a full week really yeah, of just absolutely. looking and looking at various different movements and then it's like right okay now we've done that now we've had some nutritional feedback bang here's the program but it's individualized to, to, towards him but it's only individualized because we've got to we've got to know him see where he's at and you know we go we go from there it's funny that you say about like hitting that heat coming in and asking for training programs straight away because to me that's a massive red flag when if i went in and started for coach like, i'd read the training program up and they know nothing about me or he knows that i've never seen him yeah like, he knows i want a power lift he's like i'll read your posting program up it's like well, you don't know my training history you don't know how many sets i usually do you don't know how much stress i currently have i guess this is different because the guy from what i understand had a bit of a layoff but like if no one's if your coach or you're starting and just giving you a, a set program a set diet plan taking nothing into account that's a massive red flag because the individuality comes down to like your training history how much stress you can actually tolerate because there's so many programs online that you can do for free which work absolutely fine but yeah. if you're paying money for an individual program these this is what you're paying for, for the individuality. You're still going to be doing a program that might look very similar to a set templated program online, but the individuality comes down to, you know, the exercise selection, the training stress, the amount of sets you're accumulating. That's the part that's individualized. And if you're getting a set program straight away from a coach and he said, this is a program that you should do, it's fantastic. Uh, you know, it's the same for every single person. They're not taking into account your individual needs, and that's what the difference is. That's it. Yeah, exactly. It's like, well, here's here's a twelve week shred program or something like that. It's like, well, again, yeah, you don't know the thing. You don't know. You don't know anything about me. You don't know like what what my job yeah. entails, the stresses outside of outside of the gym. How many times, you know, I might be saying I can come to the gym five times a week, and after a week, you realise I can only come twice. Um, Harry and Bob might sign up for the the twelve week shred, and Harry's doing. You know, he's currently doing twenty sets a week of, of of legs and lower body training, and Bob's currently doing ten sets. 
And if the training program is 20 sets, then you know, Harry might do great. Bob's going to do absolutely terrible. He's going to be in dis- he's going to feel disgusting because he's doubled his training volume. You're not taking into account their, their prior training history. So it's going to be very different responses. Yeah. Um, so in an ideal world, if Bob and Harry sign up for a program, they should take into account that I've only been doing 10 sets. He's been doing 20. So let's adjust that and let's adjust their training volume accordingly to their prior history yeah. and what they can tolerate. And with it, again, just to touch upon the nutrition again, like it's like, okay, here's a plan with a thousand calories or 2000 calories. And this is, you've got to eat A, B, C, D and E. Like you've got to eat these food types. It's, you know, I mean, if we're, if we're massively restricting ourselves and eating things that we don't like, it's not going to last, is it? Like human beings like to, you know, there's certain things we like and don't like, lifestyles, et cetera, to take into account. And again, if I'm saying, right, you can only eat chicken and rice for, you know, for, for the rest of your life, it's just not going to happen, is it? So again, it's like that, you know, keep talking about it, but that feedback yeah. is so important of like, you know, even your clients say, oh, bloody, I've blown it again. I've gone out on the weekend. And then as a coach, you start to see that's a regular pattern. And okay, we, okay, it's not ideal and it does make life very difficult, but we can at least try and adjust during mitigate the week and mitigate the damage. Yeah. Mitigate the damage. Yes, absolutely. So, so you're eating 800 calories Monday to Friday, then 7,000. Is that the instant? Yeah, so absolutely. Average yeah, yeah. out. Uh, yeah, hell of a week. Hanging on, hanging on for dear life <laughs> and then going for break <laughs> at a weekend. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it's probably wrap, wraps up the micro. Yeah. Type stuff, I think. yeah, I think the main takeaway is when you're looking at the microcycle is you're going to be doing programs that look fairly similar if you just look from an outside looking in, yeah. but then looking at the smaller details, and that's kind of where the individuality comes into it. So, even, even you know, me and you competing in completely different sports, you know, would be working around that rule of thumb of you know, squat, hinge, push, pull. Yeah, the, applica- the application is very different, but me and my do, but the exercise selection is fairly similar. We both bench, we both do some kind of squatting involved in some kind of deadlifting. I don't sprint, I will say that, but uh, there was, there are lots yeah, of some athletes. of the conditioning aspects might be a little bit different, but uh, yeah, like generally Absolutely. speaking, like we're going to be doing a squat pattern, you know, Luke will be back squatting, you know, all, all year round pretty much. And that's, you know, that, that's obviously essential because the sport, you know, involves a back squat. For me, if I'm not back squatting, it's not the end of the world. I could be doing a different, you know, I could be doing a front squat, I could be doing a belt squat, I could be doing a goblet squat, or I could be doing a landmine squat. I've got lots, you know, uh, you know, there's lots of variations in which I can do, but I'm still squatting. Um, you know, same with hip hinge. You know, I might be doing heavy RDLs. Luke might be doing good mornings because his deadlift volumes, you know, through the roof and squats through the roof at certain periods. He might back off an RDL and go into a good morning or a single leg variation, a split stance. Etc. Uh, Etc. Et so uh, yeah, it's all general rule of thumb. Um, just slight differences in terms of the type of exercise, the type of squat, type of hinge, etc. You know, Luke will do some single leg. I'll do some single leg. I might do some more because of the of the sport that yeah. I play. You know, yours. You know, yours is a bilateral bilateral sport. You know, mine's a unilateral, but we still both need to do yeah. the other. Um, but the, the, the amount that sure. we're doing might, might just be a little bit, uh, a little bit different. Yeah, absolutely. So that, yeah, as I say, that probably, probably caps up the sort of micro stuff. So session to session and, uh, looking, looking at a training, uh, a training week. Um, so what about the, the meso? We're talking about four week, uh, a four week block now. 
again, just just to reiterate that if you were like fully individualized programming, it wouldn't it doesn't have to be a four weekend. You know, I have some clients that that vary from a three week meso up to a seven week meso, and that's a very individualized thing. And again, that comes with time of working with someone, uh, understanding kind of how long they can tolerate training for, and kind of when they reach that that peak performance per se. Um, so for some people, after three four weeks, that they find that just the the, the the training for that amount of time is enough, where they start to need a deal, or they're starting maybe to get a couple of niggles, their training stress is high high risk of injury for other people that can push on for, for five six weeks uh, we use four weeks as an example for today because that's what we use with the barbar club so it makes sense to, to talk about it from that respect um, so yeah with the four week block we typically start with a introduction week uh, and we don't particularly use deloads but we want to talk about uh, deloads as well so an introduction week in deload there they're fairly similar, but they're like they're like proven system rather than like you know completely different. An introduction week, I see, is setting yourself up to increase your potential performances in in future weeks. Your deload week is just to fully facilitate recovery. Um, so they both start with lower volume. They both start with typically slightly less intensity. Um, so there's some similarities, but I think the introduction week is about setting yourself up for success in future blocks, while a deload week might not necessarily be to, to reach peak performance in the next week or two. It could be just to fully recover from the previous training block. So do you sure. think that's... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. With the, with the intro week as well, like you're generally bringing in you know, new exercises or different exercises. So um, for a uh, beginner or early, early intermediate who might not have done you know certain exercises that'll be quite a heavy stimulus in itself yeah. so we might just back off with you know the, the volume might be quite moderate the intensity might be quite moderate because we're getting quite a good stimulus from a different movement pattern or different exercise so for example if we've got a beginner going from a good morning into an rdl we don't really need to be pushing the volume and intensity that much because the fact that it's a different movement pattern and we're naturally going to be probably you know loading up a little bit anyway will be a significant stimulus to, to cause an adaptation and even for a more advanced lifter um you know you are because when we're looking to create stresses and stimulus we look at volume so the amount of work we're doing look at intensity um, the weights in which we're using and you know we look at exercise selection as well and sometimes just changing that exercise selection can, can build up you know a, a different stress and stimulus so it's quite a nice you know it's, it's, it's a probably a little bit more um, stress than you would than you would think and like I say with, with a deload by the time you get to week four week five week six whatever it is you know, again, we'll use week, we'll use uh, four weeks as an example. Um, you get to week four, you've had you know three good weeks of using those exercises, so you use the exercise uh, stimulus. Um, so now it's just a case of backing off in, in with the with the volume, potentially intensity, but we'll yeah. talk about that in a bit. But like backing off with the volume a little bit, so we're just you know bringing that those stress levels down a bit. This isn't going to work if you listen on Spotify, but if you imagine like the, the training is kind of on a, an uphill spike towards like week four, which would typically be the hardest week, then the deload week on average would be maybe a cut of 30 to 50% of volume. So if you're doing 10 sets, you're going to do like six, maybe five to seven sets for that week. So you're reducing the amount of training volume. You might be dropping the intensity. Sometimes we hold it, sometimes we drop it by around like maybe only 10%. So it's predominantly the volume that we're dropping back. So we do this like massive step down and then the introduction is almost like the step back to then start to build back up to the two, three and four. So yeah. the deload would be less than the 
introduction week. And the introduction week is just bridging that gap to then get back to your full amount of training stress and then moving forward from weeks two, three, and four. Um, so an example would be like if you're typically doing four sets on a Monday for squats, uh, your D-log week you might only do two sets. And then for your introduction week, you might do three sets and then you're back into four sets on uh, on your full training block. So the D-log is a half. We keep the intensity to, to maintain the skill and the stimulus as best as we can. Uh, the introduction week just builds up your tolerance to that volume and then you put you back in on week two of yeah. your, your next training block. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, a, it's like steps or like a pyramid. Okay. Sure. Think about a pyramid, like go, yeah, step one, step two, step three step four yeah. and then we back off with a, with a deload yeah. um so yeah we're like say we're you know the intro week we're setting the foundation you know we're equating ourselves with new exercises with little tweaks and even experienced you know guys like ourselves are training like you know sometimes just tweaking those exercises yeah. and bringing in new things can you know create create a bit of stimulus as we say but we're just setting the foundation there and then we build you know to next week probably adding a little bit more volume adding a little bit of intensity and then the same on week three week four deload you know or week five deload whenever it is and we just again reduce the volume rather than the intensity generally speaking another thing to think about is with the introduction week is depending on what you were working on in the previous block into the next one you might be bridging the gap of like the reps so if you're going from like a, a lower repetition block into a high repetition block that introduction week can be used to kind of set you up for there so if you're doing a block around four to five reps and then your next block you're looking to increase the amount of reps per set to around seven to eight nothing creates doms more than a novel stimulus so that could be through a new exercise but it could also be through a novel rep scheme so you instead of going from fours up to eight and you're, you're doubling the amount of reps per set is going to be cause incredible doms you might do three by six, six and then the next week you do three by eight so it's a way of bridging it's a that stepping well. stone to it's a massive step next, and it's yeah. a it's a way like mark says is to to avoid the the amount of doms that you would get from the novelty of a new exercise or a novel rep scheme and yeah you try and avoid that as much as you can and build up your tolerance to it. And then by the time you're into week two and you're up at eight, you'll still be a little bit sore, but you won't be as sore as if you jump from four to eight. So we're just trying to give you increased potential to get as much out of that week as you can and try and manage that training stress as, as much as possible. Yeah. Week one, we're setting the foundations, aren't we? We're building, you know, we're building a base. Um, and then, you know, as we said, we can, you know, week on week then we can build. And then with the deload, um, generally we, we tend to reduce volume yeah. rather than intensity. We try and keep intensity roughly the same, like I said, just to, to maintain you know, the skill, maintain the, the strength stimulus. Um, we know that with strength, we, we need less reps, uh, sorry, less amount of sets or reps to get as much of a strength stimulus. For the volume, uh, hypertrophy is very much volume dependent. Um, so yeah, we try and get a little bit of a strength stimulus in, but drop that volume down. Uh, then need to we just to kind of bridge that gap and then progressively build it back up. With the, uh, the rest of the cycle, what we typically trying to achieve with the, the block, like what would be the progression you would see uh, week on week? Yeah, within the meso? Yeah, so yeah. within a four-week block for this example. Yeah, yeah so say like week one, we're setting the, setting the foundation there. So it might be something you know, simple like a you know, three sets of six with a different exercise. We're looking to jump from, you know, we're looking, we've done, a, we've done the first block, we're maybe moving into the second block and we're looking to accumulate both volume and intensity, for example. So we might look at, you know, three sets of six on the first, uh, first week. Okay, so we've got a total of 18 reps, and then we want to increase volume and intensity. So we might be looking for a, you know, let's say that's that's the back squat as an example. Um, then we might look in the next week of increasing both volume and intensity just very gradually. So we might look at something like, 
you know, two sets of four and then, you know, two sets of eight or something like that, or two sets of seven or six, you know, so we've got a couple of back offsets. So we can build up the intensity a little bit by doing a small amount of volume, but higher intensity. So we can get, we can build a bit of strength and get used to that. But what we're doing there is we're adding a couple of back offset, what we call back offsets in. So we're doing high, you know, lighter load, but higher rep scheme. And then that will, you know, accumulate the volume. So we'll get the best of both worlds of a yeah. gradual increase in intensity and a gradual increase of, uh, of volume. Um, and then there's different ways of doing it. On week three, we might do the same again, or we might even reduce the volume, you know, if we're looking at, uh, you know, kind of old school, like, you know, Russian block training, we go actually, we go big spike up on week two, week three, we actually could reduce the volume and go and go quite heavy yeah. and build the intensity. Different ways of doing it. Absolutely. But. I mean, the typical way that we would do it, like, I, I do enjoy like, that slight reduction in week three to then yeah. have a good push on week four. But typically, we would either see, like, let's say, if, if we're in a, a strength orientated block, there would be like a natural drop off in terms of the repetitions as the block goes on. Yeah. So, an example could be doing, like Mark said, sets of, let's say, set of five, uh, week one, week two, week three, then week four, you might just drop the reps down to four. Just use it as a, a chance just to kind of test the strength a little bit more and see, like, how progression has been through the block. Um, you might also increase RPE week on week, so you could keep the rep scheme the same and progress the RPE. Um, another way is just to keep the RPE and the rep scheme exactly the same and just kind of let the stimulus and let you adapt to the training program and then just see progression of strength while holding all the other characteristics exactly the same. So there is no one set way of doing it. I, I do quite enjoy the, the natural drop off in terms of repetitions as well, uh, just to kind of have a bit of a strength, a bit of a strength test. That also works very well for people if they're having like it artificially enhances their, their strength training. Um, so if you're finding that like week to week of holding the RP and holding the reps, you're not seeing much progression. If you drop a rep down and keep everything else the same, so go from three sixes, you might do that at 100 kilos. If you drop down to three fives and keep it at the same RP, it would be 102 to 105. Yeah. So it'd be a way of almost forcing progression if there's not much more progression to be made out of the block. Yeah. Again, that's a very individual thing. But Absolutely, it is, it is individual and it's um, you know based on experience a little bit as well and training age, isn't it? I think like ultimately what you're looking for is the minimal you know, dosing like that you, that you can to improve and like making it as simple as uh, simple as possible, really. Um, and like just that progressive, progressive overload. Yeah. Like I said, if you're trying to force progression, it might be a natural drop off. But for some people that are fairly new, progress should come really fast and you won't have to play around with these variables quite as much just to see progression. If you're very new to training, you should be seeing easy jumps week on week, at least to begin with the, the newbie gains, which we miss very much so enjoy them while they last um yeah so depending again training age would take that into account of like what you're looking for a week by week but, but as a rule of thumb we're looking for an increase in work intensity um we're looking for an increase week on week in one way or another and the way that you you progress that is, is individualized to to your your training age and kind of how much you're currently getting out of your training blocks Exactly. And again, it comes back to feedback, doesn't it? Yeah. It comes back to, you know, that, that individual feedback, being in touch with, uh, with your clients um, and the clients taking responsibility as well to take ownership of, you know, of what they're doing and uh, to become aware of how they're feeling and how that, that how, how the training is affecting them. And that will come through experience as well as the, as, as the, uh, as the athlete gets, you know, more and more experience and more aware of the body, more aware of how they're reacting, yeah. more aware of like how they respond to volume intensity, et cetera, et cetera. And the coach is also learning as well as we go along with that individual as to, you know, what we need to do and what responses we need to, to, to make. One thing you also like to do with a meso cycle is uh, it's like to like have a, a, a slightly different focus of like mentality going into sessions. Mm. So rather than 
I mean, a horrible position to be in is you're going to your intro week and we normally encourage people to be conservative with that introduction week. Set yourself a good standard, be conservative, allow a little room to progress and like I said, get used to the exercises, the novelty of the, the rep schemes, etc. But if you start week one and you overshoot and then you're chasing progress week on week, week two you overshoot again, week three you miss a rep and then you, you're fucked. Yeah. Um, so I think like in terms of mentality coming into it, try and encourage like a conservative week one and week two is a nice steady progression and then when you come into like your biggest weeks which would be the last two weeks of the training block for most people you start to increase like your arousal coming into the session you start to increase like how soaked up you're going to training that will look different for different people but at least your focus and your mentality going into these sessions has changed from okay i'm just trying to set a good standard to i'm trying to push things now um so yeah. i think also looking at your mentality going into these different weeks can also really help and like the almost the periodization of your mental approach to the training is quite an important yeah. thing if you're having a, if you're going for mad hype on week one and then you get nowhere to you're go. in a pickle aren't you? i mean there's no where <laughs> to go then so in, interesting you were talking about this the other day with your own training and the the hype aspect yes on a deload yeah yeah yeah. yeah, on a D-Lod week, I like to, like, I never put any music on that I like. I just try and relax. And then you also get, like, a natural drop then. So if you're aiming at, like, a 7 RPE, uh, we speak about keeping the intensity roughly the same on a D-Lod, which would be the same for myself. But if I change my mentality going into it, it'll be a natural drop. Um, so I'm still working around that 7 RPE mark, but I'm just making sure that I'm not massively psyched up. And, sure. and most importantly, but not, not burning out, ready for the start of a new block. Like, I'm trying to, with the deal, I facilitate recovery. And even though the session might still be high intensity, um, based off the RPE, um, yeah. if I go in organs blazing, psyched up, then I'm not going to set myself up and be recovered, ready to start the new block, which yeah. is more important. Yeah, if you're, if you're, yeah, if you're going into a, a session on week one, you know, full of uh, monster energy drink and, you know, yeah. sort of dancing around the place, music blaring, psyching yourself up and shouting, and uh, there's nowhere to go on comp day, is there, or uh, on, a, on a heavy lifting yeah, day or anything that's like the that. Standard. You've got, you haven't got that extra two, three percent of having a bit more caffeine, of, yeah. of getting super psyched up, of getting your favourite music on, which we all know has a little bit of a training boost. If you're doing that, that's the standard, and any time you come away from that, you've got nothing else to offer, so... Yeah, I definitely think like the mentality and the weeks can also progress as with the training loads and stimulus. Absolutely. So we talked about the the meso there and like the progression week to week. What about uh, you know in the macro, so the progression from block to block? So we had a, um, this is a good one to talk about because on Monday a couple of people asked questions about this and like how at the minute we're focusing on very much like it's very hypertrophy specific uh, training. Uh, we mentioned this before in previous podcasts that we've moved massively moved away now from having a block where you're doing hypertrophy and then strength and then power. We try and have aspects of all of these, but the percentages and the, the, the focus changes from one to another. So at the minute we're in a, a hypertrophy focus block, which is a slightly higher slightly higher repetition sets um, but we still have um, some top end strength work in there as well it's not the priority but we're looking to at least maintain the strength maintain the skill of doing higher intensity sets but then really try and prioritize your your volume work um, this for two reasons is like when you then go to your strength work it's not completely um, alien to yourself you've still been able to maintain that skill but also there's good research that shows that doing a, a fairly submaximal um, top set prior to volume set can actually increase your potential to perform more volume so it works in two ways um, 
But yeah, so when we're in a, a hypertrophy block, we still got that little bit of dosage of strength. We then really focus on the hypertrophy and we have a very small dose of conditioning as well, depending on the people's goal. Uh, moving further into more like strength orientated blocks, the dosages just change of everything. So we go from having one or two sets of your strength work to then the majority of your work is your strength. And then your hypertrophy, we're just looking to kind of maintain the minimum amount of volume that you would need to, to, to kind of maintain the hypertrophy that you've built. So again, we're not going from doing like 15 working sets between the eight to 12 rep schemes to then doing none. Uh, we maybe go from like doing five, I don't know, four strength sets and 10 volume sets to maybe switching the other way around. So you go from maintaining one aspect to prioritizing the other to then switching around into the next block. We're not trying to just get rid of everything and then go back into a volume block and almost starting it again. So Yeah, that's the key, isn't it? It's not going from zero to turbo, like, you know, in one week or one block. Yeah. So it's always keeping a minimal dose of you know, other, other components. So as, you know, as, as you've said, like, we might be looking block one, quite a hypertrophy focus, um, but we're using ver what we call vertical integration. So we're working, you know, all, all the different components, but hypertrophy is just a focus. That's the main thing. But if we neglect strength work completely, then obviously strength levels can drop off, but also it's too much of a jump up when we get into when we get into the second block and the third block. If all of a sudden all we've done is you know eights, tens, twelves, you know a moderate moderate intensity to all of our, all of a sudden say right we've got to lift heavy now. Yeah, you're not putting yourself in the optimal position. You're not used to you know training on the nerve at all. You're not used yeah. to training you know training heavy. You're not used to heavier loads. Even yeah. though you're doing the same lift, there is a skill and there is a you know it's a different, different. mentality going into high intensity work. Like Marcus you said, if you do one set a week for your squat of of strength orientated work where you're working like even eighty to eighty five percent, that just bridges the gap then to when you're doing all of your strength work around that eighty. 87% mark yeah. you're already there you're not it's not completely aimed to yourself yeah. with your hypertrophy work if you're working sets of 80 you're going to be around that 70 to 75% mark yeah. um, all of a sudden that jump to 85% that extra 10% is massive heavy. and it feels incredibly heavy yeah. on the back yeah. um, and it can also like forget about the uh, you know physical like mentally going into it when you're used to doing 8 to 100 kilo if all of a sudden you're doing 110 115 kilo for a set of 4 or 5 adding that amount of weight is mentally can be quite daunting. Sure. So it's a way of also like mentally keeping yourself like in the game and, and yeah. not being scared of doing these sessions, which, yeah. which are hard sessions in a different way yeah. to the volume. Yeah. Take a back squat, for example, like just even, you know, like say one set or two sets, at 82, 85%, you know, just getting used to the weight of that bar, you know, the feeling on the, on the, on the, on the back of unracking that and walking yeah. back, you know, and, and starting that descend in the squat. If you're going blind and you've been doing everything you've been doing, 70, 75% work, unracking yeah. that bar feels horrendous. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, uh, like I say, you know, we, we want to train, um, you know, strength and, you know, sort of almost maximal strength, you know, all year round or at least pretty much all year round. Um, all we're doing is changing the, amount that we're doing the dosage yeah. um so you know that's uh, obviously what we're looking for with most programs with a barbell club especially as like you say hypertrophy focus at the moment and it will gradually shift that uh, focus towards maximal strength we build a good foundation uh, we've you know potentially built a little bit of muscle mass with some with certain people we've um you know got used to the skill acquisition at lower intensities um so we can build but again just keep you know still keeping your one set of four or your one set of five yeah you know and then your back offs um so again good good mix of like a little bit of intensity but a lot of volume yeah. and then we can switch those two over as we build you know towards um, you know, testing some maxes or whatever it might be, we'll cross that over. So, like you say, you know, all 
of a sudden you know, we get into shift of focus. By the time we get into into our into our third meso, then you know we're doing the majority of our work is is going to be that that top end strength work, minimising the uh, you know the back off work. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, yeah. It, it's it's like that in barbell, and then interestingly, like with you know with sports it's a similar similar yeah. thing isn't it yeah um so like with you know with the with the field field athletes for example um you know apologies i always use rugby as an example but obviously just you know come, comes naturally but what what we're looking for you know in a big off-season pre-season plan is you know it might be a hypertrophy focus at the at the beginning but again the key is it's the focus it's not the be all and end all it's not everything so you know that old school block periodization of doing you know, four weeks of hypertrophy into four weeks of strength into four weeks of power conversion into four weeks of speed. You know, the, the science has, has, has shown us now. You know, over 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 the last decade or two, that it's not the it's not the most effective way to yeah. uh, to train. Definitely. You want to train. You want to train everything all year round, and all you're doing is change change. You know, uh, mixing the dosages up. So even during that hypertrophy focus, I'm doing something similar to what we do in barbell club. So I'm doing like one or two. You know, still fairly heavy sets. It might not be above eighty five percent, but it might be you know seventy eight, eighty two percent around that kind around that kind of range. Um, am I really too bothered about uh, plyometric? work and speed at that point you know three or four months out from the season the answer is no but do i want to lose it no do i want to you know and it's not just about losing it as well it's like building that base you know before you yeah. up, up the intensity with that so for example like most people realize like just before the season you obviously want to be building a lot of velocity work a lot of plyometrics a lot of speed work um and again what you don't want to be doing is like having done none of that for three months and then all of a sudden trying to do loads of it because you're yeah. going from you know from nothing to an absolute shitload in too short a period of time and that's where the body's going to break down because we're not built up any tissue tolerance we're not used to that exposure like of for example like high level plyometrics or anything like that so what you're doing in those blocks is even if it's hypertrophy focus and we want to put, put on a couple of pounds and want to you know build, build a bit of muscle mass i might be doing like you know two sets of you know one set one set of ten pogo jumps at the beginning of my session just to keep that you know elasticity to yeah. keep that you know to keep that stimulus um i'll go into block two and it's like hypertrophy focus but strength ramping up a little bit so i start to do two sets of four or two sets of five and then my back offs and with my plyo stuff i'm doing my pogos and i'm starting to do three sets of three box jump at a low level or whatever it might be or broad or banded broad jump or a banded you know lateral hop or something like that so there's a minimal stimulus and then as we build we've got that crossover that we talked about between hypertrophy and strength with the with the barbell club program and it's exactly the same in sport where it's like okay my position needs to be quite powerful that's probably the biggest thing speed yeah i need to be pretty quick but the main thing is the power so i'll start ramping the focus up before that but i've not done nothing i've not done yeah. no power so that when the time comes where it's like right i've got that month to really smash my power work i'm not i'm not starting from nothing and just a bodybuilding type hypertrophy program or a or a static strength program i've still been a little bit dynamic i've still done some power stuff with the med balls or i've done some you know I've, I've done some Olympic lifting some technique throws, or yeah. some throws or whatever it might be and it's like right okay this is my power window now i've got a good base a good foundation and i can go all in with no risk of injury i'm not jumping you know like we said about the uh the, the meso cycles of going like week one week two week three like a pyramid yeah. and progressive i'm not going like you know in the macro i'm not going like from one meso to another of going like zero plyo to shitloads of plyo 
it's like I'm building yeah. as we're going along and I'm slowly build, you know, bringing down the other stuff so that my overall training stimulus isn't too much. Yeah, I think that's spot on. Yeah, it's the same with uh, with, with a strength athlete as well. Um, you know, hypertrophy focus, that little bit of dosage of the, the top end strength, really focus on your hypertrophy. And then when you come into your strength, you don't want to lose your muscle mass that you've built up. You want to, you know, do the like I said, probably the minimum to, to maintain that and really then focus on your, your strength. So you'll be doing your, your low repetition, higher intensity sets, which we know are most important for strength. And then just because we know that the low rep work can also work for hypertrophy, you might just need a couple of sets of like slightly easier volume work compared to doing three or four hard sets of eight. It might be two easy sets of six, which is a lower dosage, but it's enough to maintain at least the muscle mass that you've built and then really prioritize and keeping you fairly fresh then going into strength training. And like I said, it's just about selecting what's the most important overarching yeah. uh, principle and, and, and what's the overarching goal of the, the cycle. For yours, it was you know to improve your, your strength. So you, you're doing the minimum to, to maintain and set yourself up for the next block. And that's the same with powerlifting. The, the focus is I've got a competition coming up, so top and intensity is the priority, but I want to maintain my muscle mass because thinking of the bigger picture and long-term goals, you want to maintain that. Do the lowest dose that you can pretty much to keep your muscle mass. And then you set, set yourself up into a position that when you come back to a volume focus, your conditioning's still there. Like you've said, you're still able to tolerate that amount of work and you're ready to progressively build things back up and progress what you did compared to your last volume block. Yeah, you're not get, like as a powerlifter, you're not going into, into your big intensity block and comp prep by doing like three singles. Yeah. or three sets of three or whatever, you're still doing a little bit of back-off work, you're still doing your accessory work, although the focus now has obviously changed to more top-end strength. That's not to neglect everything else we're doing. Exactly. Um, An example might be that like during a, a hypertrophy block, I might do um, a top set on deadlift, let's say, of three or four reps, around that 85% mark, a couple of sets around 80, and then my volume work is based around stiff leg deadlift at the minute, sure. um, where I'll do like two or three hard sets of, of, of stiff leg deadlift. Like I said, I've asked him to reduce that because it was tough, so it's, it's two sets now. Uh, but then coming into my next training block where I'm getting ready for a competition in July, I'll be doing presumably two or three top-end sets, and there'll be one or two easier volume focus or high repetition sets. So it might be stiff leg deadlift for two sets of six compared to two sets of eight. And imagine the weight will be roughly the same. So that means that the RP is going to be a little bit lower as well. So that means then that I'm not going to be completely beat up going into my next session. Um, and I'm still able to perform high quality, high intensity work. So you're still doing the same same exercises, still doing fairly similar reps again, but the dosages have just changed ever so slightly. And that's all it needs. Fantastic. Okay. I think to to round up then, um, you know, we've hopefully given the Barbell Club guys there some, you know, some information on why, you know, method behind the madness and why we do what we do and, you know, to let them know that everything's planned, everything's structured in a, in a certain way to get the best out of them. Um, hopefully this will encourage them to keep giving us feedback as well. Uh, but also people who are members of MSC hopefully have taken a lot from that. Um, you know, in terms of how to structure a training program, how to, you know, communicate with the coach. Um, and I guess as well, just not to, to automatically presume that like if you've asked for an individual program and it looks fairly similar to someone else that does a similar sport to yourself, that's not lazy coaching. That's because you've both got overarching similar goals, but the individualities, the nitty gritty, the small details, and they should be reflected within your training program. But your training program should look fairly similar to each other with just these individual differences. So Absolutely. Say no more. Bloody lovely. Right, okay. Uh, yeah, I think we'll, we'll round up there. Um, anything else or...? No, uh, I guess just to say, um, yeah, we've got a, a strongman comp coming up. We certainly have. Yeah, the, the Metcon Games Volume 2. Metcon Games Volume 2, yeah. 
which uh, the rumour is that all of the coaches will be taking part in some uh, respects. Um, so yeah, that's very exciting. So just keep an eye for that. Obviously, if you're interested in individualised programming, um, you can get in touch with myself or Mark uh, via the website, via the Instagram, or if you're looking to get part of the Barbar Club, you'd inquire through a consultation through the website as well. Um, but apart from that, if you have any questions or anything like that, just uh, fire them over via an email or via DMs on Instagram, and we'll try and get back to you as best as we can. If you've got any suggestions for further podcasts, please let us know, and uh, any feedback is appreciated. Excellent. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll catch you next time. Cheers.